Okay, welcome to another episode of Odyssey and Muse. I'm John Jerko, and this is a podcast where we explore adventure, creativity, and living life without a map. We'll dig into the big questions like how to overcome fears, how to plan and execute a large project, and finding the things that drive you, finding your true north. In this episode, I'll be talking with my friend Chrissy McCree. She's a singer, songwriter, and musician originally from Youngstown, Ohio. She's recorded and released four albums, and in 2013, she won the Carolina Music Award for Best Rock Female. She followed up in 2014 with nominations for Best Female Artist, Best Rock Female, and Best Rock Band. That's a lot of nominations. In the spring of 2014, Chrissy moved to Nashville, Tennessee to continue to further her music career. So welcome to the show, Chrissy. It's good to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, how has the move to Nashville been? I haven't talked to you for a while. We've, we've kind of Facebooked here and there, but I don't think we've actually talked on the phone or in person for quite a while. So how is it going there? It's been oh, about a year my now. Gosh. Yeah, it's been, it's been a little bit since we've um, really gotten deep into what's going on with each other's lives. But uh, yeah, I love Nashville. I've been here about nine months now. And I've barely scratched scratched the surface, but oh my gosh, I love the city. I love all the different cultural things that are going on, the food, the music, the people, all kinds of events, you know, any day of the week. It doesn't matter if it's a weekday, weekend, if it's two in the afternoon, there's always something happening. So it's really been a great experience for me so far. That was a really good advertisement for Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everybody come here. I it's, swear. <laughs> I've never been there yet, but it sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. So were you nervous at all about making that move? Because you were in, how long were you in North Carolina for? I was in North Carolina for six years. And the first four years of that um, were in Fayetteville, where I was uh, a school teacher in an elementary school, which I enjoyed. But there were also a lot of other parts to being a teacher besides the actual working with children part that... um, that make it really tough on teachers, and it's it's not something that I was alone um, in experiencing. A lot of my teacher friends have gone through the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them still are, and so it kind of got to the point where, you know, this isn't really what I think I'm here to do right now. Yeah. So um, I'm ready to kind of make a big leap of faith, and so I kind of resigned my position, and I sold as much as I could of my belongings in a garage sale and uh, headed over to the coast. So I was in Wilmington for about two years and Wilmington was an awesome place. Um, Really cool music scene. Um, Obviously, you know, it's on the coast, so it's, it's a really enjoyable place uh, pretty much all year round, Uh you know, weather wise and scenery wise and things to do. But it just kind of felt like I was ready for the next big step um, and and going to sort of a different level of things with music. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I decided that I would visit Nashville and I went for two weeks. Um, and when I came back, I put in my two weeks notice at work and there I went. Yeah, I, I really want to get into the journey of, of kind of where you, how you got into the music and where it all started. But maybe first, just for people that don't know, could you kind of talk about your style a little bit, what what your music sound is? Oh, gosh. This is the worst question ever because I never know <laughs> what to say. Um, you know, it's kind of like folk rock. Mm-hmm. It's kind of 
pop sometimes. Um, it's definitely not, you know, straight out rock most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, over the years, as you know, anybody would say, your your writing kind of changes and moves in different directions. And um, I don't know. I kind of really like to make sure that the story's there. Mm -hmm. Um, and my challenge lately is to get the story out there, but still make it as accessible as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I definitely have had more folk type songs in the past where it tells the story, but it's, it's not something you're going to hear on the radio anytime soon, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, it's, it's a challenge, but it's a really fun part of it too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess you would put me in sort of the the Lilith Fair category. <laughs> <laughs> is is an easy way to say it for those who who are old enough to know what in the world I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> do they still do those? They don't. You know, they they brought it back a couple years ago, and it didn't do so well. They actually canceled a few shows. And, uh, uh, Try to try to keep the spirit going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good effort, but it just <laughs> it just wasn't. I don't know. Maybe the timing. Maybe you know, who knows? But I was root, rooting for them. You know, to make have a you ever gone to any of those? Is that I, any influence? Absolutely, on yeah. Um, you know, back in uh, well, I guess it's not quite Pittsburgh, Burgettstown, or however you say it. <laughs> what used to be Star Lake Amphitheater. So. Oh yeah, I'm probably I don't even know what aging myself now. again, but um, yeah, you know, going there and um, so, you know, I saw you know Lisa Loeb was huge, you know, at the peak of her career, and mm -hmm. still is doing so much, and I think she's put out some children's records too now, and um, but I saw her at the second stage. At oh really? At, uh, I almost said Lollapalooza at Lilith Fair. Um, at one point, if if I'm not you know mixing up my concerts here, but yeah, I mean it was like her and a guitar on a little stage, like in between when they were setting up for Sean Colvin or or something like uh -huh. that. Um, so yeah, I would have loved to have been a part of that, but you know at that time. I just thought music was something that you could dream about, but mm -hmm. you you know, only like the select few knew the magical formula of, of how to actually really do it as well, a let, living. Let's get into that. How how did music for you start? Were you singing all the time as a kid? Did you start playing an instrument? How did you oh. kind of get into it at the beginning? Gosh, yes, singing all the time as a kid. I I usually just say. Um, I've been singing for as long as I could talk. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we've got those old like eight millimeter films or whatever, um, like the reel to reel when you watch the old home, home movies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had like the, there weren't wireless microphones or anything. It was like a long wire with this tiny skinny little microphone. And, you know, I was in like my Easter dress singing Here Comes Peter <laughs> Cottontail when I was like three or something. Um, Did you just yeah. put on shows for the family? Uh, I Not so much. I don't remember putting on shows. Um, but I do remember um, just singing all the time. Uh, I remember the first song I ever wrote, I was seven. And I know that because... <laughs> 
It was about sleeping over my grandma's house. <laughs> and the first part said, <laughs> uh, one day I slept over my grandma's house when I was seven years old. And, <laughs> and then it goes on to tell what we did. Um, and I remember that... Uh, <laughs> an awesome song <laughs> i i uh yeah and i remember how it goes i remember the melody and like i can sing it um and i know that i i remember i wrote it in church uh <laughs> probably you know sneaking behind my dad's back or something uh -huh. um because he wouldn't have been too happy to know that i wasn't paying attention but uh, i had one of those like little the tiny notebooks i don't know like a pocket notebook i guess you call it and and it was yellow, I remember, on the cover. And I, I was writing it in church, like, the next day. Um, oh, wow. And I remember, like, in middle school, I would write, you know, song lyrics and come up with melodies. And, um, but I wouldn't really share them with anybody because I wasn't sure if my mm -hmm. friends would think I was weird or whatever. So do you all, um, already felt some of that social pressure at that age? Yeah, yeah, because it was like something I created and what would happen if I showed it to these people. Um, yeah. And so it wasn't until high school that I found a group of friends who had a lot of similar interests. And, uh, you know, we were, I guess, like the alternative kids at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were reading and writing poetry and we were in bands and things like that. And that's how I got started um, playing guitar. The first band I was like officially in was called The Gadflies. <laughs> nice. And uh, with with an H, G-H-A-D, flies. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they needed a bass player and one of the guys had a bass. So Doesn't I'm every like, band need a bass player? I feel well, like Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like their bass player quit because, you know, you just didn't, f I don't know. I don't know why. I don't remember. I just remember being excited because I wanted to do it. Like, and they I'm let me band. do it. <laughs> and it was really like, um, okay, so first you put your finger on like the first string on the second fret and then you uh -huh. move up to like the, f and, and that's how I play. I played with like, okay, one, three, four, one, like. Yeah, knowing yeah. The, so did they teach you like song by song? Did they already have some songs that they were playing? Or? Yeah, yeah, they had songs they were playing, and then we, you know, threw them, threw in some covers. I I remember being excited because, um, oh, what did we do? There was there was a Lemonhead song, uh -huh. um, bit part, and Juliana Hatfield makes a guest appearance, and she gets to sing like you know, a one-liner, like, repeat, like, bit part in your life or something like uh -huh. that. And uh, so I got to sing, like, the girl part. Um, so, yeah, and and so I would get to do that with them. And, I mean, that that was a great time, you know. Do you, do you remember your first show that you guys played? Did you guys do any shows? Anything at yeah. We, we never went out and played bars or anything. You know, we were all still in high school. But, mm -hmm. but we created our own shows. We would do, like... Um, we would rent out a pavilion or we would rent out the KFC hall and we would put on five bands for five bucks or two bands for two bucks. And uh, we would get our friends who had bands also and we would organize these shows and we would make cassette tapes. Yes, I said cassette tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a four track recorder or something? An eight track? Yeah. Um, one of the guys in the band, his his father used to teach at Youngstown State. Uh -huh. um, he would teach like media classes and things like that. And so he, I, I think, I might be re remembering this incorrectly, but um, I think that's why he had a lot of different 
you know, equipment. Um, and so, yeah, we had this old reel-to-reel recorder that, um, you know, we learned how to work oh, and wow. we would make tapes and we would seriously like print out, you know, the inset cards and things like that. And we'd write on the stickers and I have, I have pictures of us, um, at my grandma's house in the living room, laying on the floor, making copies of, of our cassettes. And we like hand wrote <laughs> everything and, you know, putting them all together and, and we would, you know, sell them. But so at, at this point in time, did you think that you were going to pursue music? Was this something that you were thrown around or were you like, ah, that's, that's just something that, you know, select few can have and it's not possible. I'm just doing this for fun right now, but then I'll, I'm going to get serious about life and go to school. What was your thought process when, when you were in high school at that time? You know, it's, this is a question that I still think about to this day. <laughs> like, am I really doing this as a career kind of a uh -huh. thing? But at that point, um, it was absolutely just something that you do, uh, for fun with your friends. And, you know, I went to, um, a good high school and it wasn't a question of, are you going to college? It's where are you mm -hmm. going to college? And so, um, I knew that I wanted to go to the local university, Youngstown State, so that I could commute and then also work and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we we still played some music uh, here and there, mm -hmm. but some of them went off to school. Some of us stayed at home, but we all got so busy with other things that we weren't in a band anymore. So I just sort of you know, did my own thing and started writing my own songs. And that's when I got, you know, a lot more into it. At that point, I had gotten my own guitar and and really started getting into writing a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all through school, I, I dreamed about it, but it's not something that I did. And then when I graduated um, from Youngstown State the first time around, I had gotten a job with a local county and uh -huh. doing what I was doing and, you know, writing songs about, you know, leaving and going off and <clears throat> exploring music and as a lifestyle. And so you were writing songs just, about this? Like you're yeah, kind of I did, daydreaming I did. through your music? I actually have an old song called Youngstown Gray. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, um, that was about, uh, sitting in my office in the, um, administration building downtown and my view was like an alley and then the back of the courthouse <laughs> so it's so, just like um, gray brick walls basically yes absolutely and that alley is where they drive the van in and out to take people to court and to jail and back and forth oh, that's kind of depressing oh uh, yeah <laughs> and and you would see you know people walking through who had nowhere else to go and things like that and and i I've got this song about, you know, I I went through my schooling and I, we we think like it's enough that we can just pay the bills and we, mm -hmm. we have this like false sense of like security and, um, you know, Youngstown Gray is hanging over me and, you know, that, oh, wow. that kind of thing. Because, you know, Youngstown has, I think, more cloudy days than Seattle or something crazy yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I think we're right up there because I was even in Seattle uh, this past summer and I met some people that have moved there from the Ohio area and they're like, yeah, I think it I think it rains more back in Ohio and when it does rain, 
in Ohio, it's way worse than it is here in Seattle. So it's it, yeah. it's at least up there on par. So yeah. it's a pretty rainy area. I, for for anyone that doesn't know, we're actually both from pretty much the same area near Youngstown, although we didn't really know each other until uh, quite a ways after college years. Yeah, and so. and I it was through musical people, right? Mm-hmm. We, yeah, yeah, we it was met. actually through our mutual friend Brian. I think I don't even remember how we met. I don't know if you guys were in a band at the time, possibly. Or... Uh, yeah, I I mean I know that you came to see some of our shows, like at the original Cedars location. And... Yeah, uh, Cedars is gone. That's sad. Yeah, well, but well, you know, sort of Cedars now. It's just a different place, which yeah. you played recently, actually. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely you know the Youngstown of those days for me. Um, it was very uh. Yeah, kind of like I felt a little stuck, yeah. and I was still dreaming of, um, of going away and you know seeing the city fade in my rearview mirror, and you know I won't be going back. I said in the song, you know, but um, it wasn't until you know years after that because I eventually got laid off. The county had laid off over a hundred people at mm-hmm. at one time, and I was one of the newest youngest hires and yeah, so, so you, you know one of the first to go yep and so here i was i think i was like 23 years old getting laid off and at that point it was kind of like laid off laid off is for like the guys who are <laughs> 50 who have been working at the, the mills yeah you know like, come on i just started and you're already laying me off <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so it's kind of like what do i do and so i i wished that i could do this music thing but I still was not anywhere near a point in my life where I had the knowledge or the experience or the confidence to understand that it's something I could really try to do. And so I went with what I thought I should do. <laughs> um, you know, the traditional path of, mm-hmm. well, let me go back to school for something else. And well, what, so you went back to school for education then? Is that, I, is that how you I did. I, I did. Yeah. I went for early childhood education. And so I could have gone back to like teach social studies since mm-hmm. I had the geography degree, but I wasn't really sure that I wanted to be in a high school again, dealing yeah. with that whole thing. Um, because music really, being in a band wasn't just, you know, some hobby in high school. It was it was something that really saved me mm-hmm. from a lot of things um, that were going on in other parts of life in high school. So is it, can you go into any of that? Yeah, That's... I mean, it just kind of like, family stuff um my parents are divorced and when we were just going into high school when I was just going into high school um was the age when all of that stuff kind of started happening yeah so um and it wasn't it wasn't a very clean break and there were Mm. a lot of things that went on that um were difficult to deal with and uh I had a period of time when I didn't speak to my dad um and have you know several songs about that as well of course trying to to cope with that but happy to say it's it's a happy ending and we eventually reconnected and well that's um, good so so during high school like the band and learning to play music was kind of a way just to escape all of that oh yeah i mean uh pearl jam uh my favorite band and so they they used to have these like old magazines where um they would talk about 
the popular music of the day,、uh-huh. and they would have like these little insert、um, posters. Oh, and、yeah. you you would try to like、those. carefully pull them out so you didn't see like you know the staple points, and um I just had walls of like those, you know if I could save up enough enough money to get a magazine and I would get if it had Pearl Jam and it was like oh my gosh and I just had you know I had finally gotten like a CD player and had gotten some CDs and man I mean I just hours and hours and hours in my room listening. To the radio, listening to cassettes, and there was a radio station in Cleveland called One Hundred Seven Point Nine, The End,、mm-hmm. and it was like Cleveland's alternative radio or something like that was the tagline. And if I kind of moved the antenna around on my old stereo and like taped it to the wall in just the right place, I could get it in clearly enough to hear it, <laughs> and. That's how I got a lot of my new music at the time. I would just hit record on a cassette. Yeah, and, I remember those and days. And that's how. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got. You know, speaking of Lilith Fair again, that's how I got some of my first、um, Sarah McLachlan songs, and um, they would do like, you know, on like a Sunday night or some odd hours, they would play like full concerts.、Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just, you know. Try to record the whole thing. Try to record the whole <laughs> thing, but I would have to turn it down low enough so that you know I wasn't going to get in trouble because I was supposed to be sleeping and things like that. But yeah, I mean, just spent so much time writing and trying to learn new chords and notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of of getting things out. And yeah, I mean, you know, music saved my soul on a lot of occasions. So let's fast forward a little bit. You, I believe, you release New Day, and then the was this after this that the music awards happened? Yeah,、um, how did that come about? So I finished recording、uh, New Day in September of two thousand twelve, and I had my CD release party in January two thousand thirteen in Wilmington,、um, and then I uh, I want to say. Maybe like March or something, March or April,、um, they had the nominations for the Carolina Music Awards,、uh-huh. um, and you know I don't even remember how I found out about it,、um, but I just knew that it was there, and so you had to ask people to go in and like write you in、mm-hmm. as a nominee. And so, after that initial period, they said, "Okay, we're announcing the actual list of nominees on this night at midnight." Yeah. And so I remember I was um, I'm, I was visiting my brother in Fayetteville, and I was sleeping on his couch, and I was waiting <laughs> to see, and uh, it was midnight. And nothing happened. And then, like, you're on Facebook, and all these people are like, "What's going on? We can't. <laughs> Where is the nominee? You know." And so, like, you know, within that hour, they had finally updated their website and said, "Here are the nominees." And I saw my name, and I just about had a heart attack. And I was like, "Oh my!" Oh、gosh. wow, that's a pretty、you、awesome、know. moment. So it, at that point, it it just you're not really sure what you know. You have this picture in your head about. 
oh, these music awards and everything. And so it's just And this was, it's exciting. a combination of North and South Carolina? Is that how yes. it works? Yes, it's North and South Carolina. Um, and then at that point, you ask people to go in and actually click on your name and vote mm-hmm. for you. And uh, and so I, I did the whole, you know, asking people if, if they wouldn't mind and through Facebook and other social media and sending emails and I, I probably sent you one <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, calling family and friends going, I'm so excited. This is what's happening, you know. So it was fun. It was um, one of my best friends uh, whom I had met because we taught together. She was the art teacher where I worked um, in Fayetteville. Uh, she came with me. Um, we traveled to Raleigh that weekend for the awards and, uh, you know, I'm still struggling musician slash nanny slash whatever. And so (laughs) I was lucky enough that like, um, a a friend of the family I worked for said, oh, hey, we have like a house we're not using in Raleigh because we're in the middle of moving and selling it and stuff. So here's the spare key, stay there. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's that's cool. Like, so, so, so grateful for that because I'm scrounging together the gas money to drive to Raleigh, you know. So we went and we got all fancied up and and, uh, walked the red carpet and took pictures and everything. And it really was like sitting in an auditorium and, uh, and just waiting for it to begin. And they were playing just, different songs from nominees while we were there and they had played mm-hmm. my song and I'm like, Oh, so excited. Like just that they're playing the song, you know? And then it started and they had an MC and they had presenters and models handing out awards and that whole thing. And, and so, um, <laughs> so my category came up and, uh, they called my name and I was just like, what? <laughs> So you, you go to this award ceremony, you win an award, and how long after that do you decide to make this move to Nashville? Well, it, it was really interesting because, um, you know, you're driving home the next day because you have to go back to normal life and all that. Um and you just you just kind of go back to work and it, the one the first thing that happened that really was affected by the awards was that i had um you know sent out different uh emails or whatever to play in different places in north mm-hmm. carolina and there was a place in um raleigh like a restaurant that had music a lot um that uh hadn't gotten back to me about performing yeah and then like the day after i won or something uh the owner of the restaurant contacted me and said hey yeah we want you to come and play (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're like of course now you want oh okay yeah so it was really actually like the the best gig ever because he was an owner of like three different locations and so yeah so i drove up to raleigh and on like a, a friday or something um, and I, I played at the restaurant that night. 
and I said, you know, I, I just recently stopped working with, like this week, stopped working with, mm -hmm. you know, this drummer. So I'm just going to play solo. And he said, oh, I got a guy. You know, he comes in and plays for us all the time. This guy Q, um, he'll just he'll just come in and and sit in with you. I'm like, oh, okay, great. And like they still paid me what they said they would, and they paid him, you know, extra out of their pocket, and they you know fed me and everything. They were really cool about it, and and he gave me a hotel room for the night. Oh wow, um, that's great. Because I was staying over to play in another location for him the next day. So here I am feeling like a rock star, like, yeah, like I got paid a guarantee. I uh -huh. made tips. I sold some CDs. I got a free pizza and I, you know, packed up my equipment and I went to the hotel um, that they had booked for me. And I'm like, you know, dragging all my equipment into my hotel room. Like I'm cool. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it was, a, it was a really nice hotel and I, took this great shower and I'm just like hanging out on my hotel room bed, like watching cable and <laughs> you're like, this is the life I'm living. Yeah. It. <laughs> like eating my free pizza and watching cable and like, I just get to sleep in and all I have to do tomorrow is hang out until my show. That's cool. That, that was part of it too. So moving outside of the, the timeline of things, do you have any like habits or rituals for writing music? Anything that you, you that you use consistently to get you going? Um, I don't write as often as I'd like to because I work a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and and it's it's something that I may always struggle with. I I hope not. Um, but you know, and this is true for any anybody in life. I would think. Um, no matter what you're doing, it's really easy to get stuck in the day-to-day -day things that you have to do to kind of, you know, keep a roof over your head and keep food in the kitchen cupboard and, you know, get your taxes done. Yeah. And so, get your so even now in Nashville, you're not, you're not just out playing, making money solely on music. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, that's kind of like a twofold answer. One <laughs> part of that is, and I'll try to be try to be quick about it. Um, one part of that is, yes, I'm in a new city. I'm in the biggest city I've ever lived in by far. Um, it's more expensive to live here than any other place where I've lived before. Um, and I have chosen, you know, if I went back to teaching in a public school, I would actually make twice what I'm making now mm -hmm. where I'm working. But I'm teaching in a preschool now and I absolutely love it. Um, I'm happy to be there every day when the weekend is over. I do not dread Mondays. Um, that's a good thing. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. And so, yes, that pays the bills, but I also want to try to get ahead and save up for my next recording project and things like that. And so I also have a part-time job that I do, um, on the evenings sometimes. And so I'm working, you know, like 50 plus hours a week. And so I'm not getting into it as much as I could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can't really count on music as a form of income yet. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's, and there's also that, that, you know, struggle between, well, do I try to learn a lot of country cover songs and play downtown a lot <laughs> in the tourist areas? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, do I try to get an original band together and play more like, you know, 
in East Nashville a lot where, you know, a lot of hip things are going yeah, on. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, it's definitely more about the music than making money at the music playing in Nashville. Um, of course, you know, you play for tips and things like that and try to sell mer merchandise and, and everything. Um, and then there's this whole other world of like, you know, publishing songs and record deals because record companies have huge mm -hmm. office buildings here and things like that. Well, so, how about talk a little bit about what you're working on right now? You just released pretty recently, is it Like You're Here? A new song? With yeah. Okay, so my next recording adventure uh, was recently with Michael Estock, and he's got Vibe Dial recording in uh, Nashville. And... <laughs> The the weirdest thing is that um, Michael and I both grew up in the same town, but we hadn't met until just this past year when That's I moved to Nashville. <laughs> After we had met, we realized our moms had worked together for 10 years That's at the hilarious. same place. So, <laughs> and we're like, like, what? So, um, yeah. So I was very lucky to have met them in this roundabout way. And so when I came to Nashville, we all met up and hung out at, at a coffee shop and like shared stories about mutual friends we have and bands we were in in high school and things like that. And I got to check out where their studio was located at the time. And, and, uh, and so, you know, Michael is so amazing at what he does from writing composing he plays a lot of instruments and he he has solo things that he's done that are great and um and i heard a lot of the music that he did to produce other people and i was just blown away and uh at some point down the line he said um hey i have some free time in my schedule coming up so let's record some stuff and i said oh man i would love to but um i can't I can't afford anything. I don't have a recording yeah. budget right now, um, especially not at a studio of your caliber. And um, he's like, no, 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 we'll, we'll just, let's just, let's just make something. Let's pick a couple songs and make something like for the joy of making music, you know? That's awesome. Um, like, let's yeah. just do this. Come yeah, up beca because that's how passionate he is about it. Yeah. He had some downtime and wanted to work on something. So I got, you know, really lucky in that respect. And he said, send over some demos and and we'll we'll pick out what we want to do. And so he he had heard my older version of um, You Feel Like Home that I had mm -hmm. recorded at Amprion in Youngstown. And I also sent him a demo of a song called Like You're Here, um, which is a really important song to me personally um, because why I had written it. Um, that summer when I was moving from Fayetteville to Wilmington, um, one of my friends passed away mm. from home. And I was um, just sitting at home one day and uh, decided that I wanted to write this song. And it was sort of, um, I was trying to do it kind of from the perspective of um, the spouse that was mm -hmm. still here kind of a thing. Um, and so there are little references in there that are personal that, um, you know, nobody would know about except for me or um, her husband, who I'm obviously still very close friends with 
um, just because we've talked about the song. Yeah. Um, and I've let him know that it's about her. Um, but I sat down on the floor and I wrote the song and I demoed it into my computer and I, I, I left it alone. I didn't, I didn't do anything with it. I didn't play it for people. I didn't play it live. I just left it there. And when it came time that um, Michael was going to take some demos from me, I decided to send it to him. And that was the one that he picked out of all the wow. all the demos. And I said, I'm so happy that you chose that song because this is the story. And I've always wanted to record it, but I you know, never knew if I would get a chance to yeah. and if it would be done the right way. And so he's like, oh, even better. Now I'm even more excited because I know the deeper meaning to it. Uh -huh. And so, um, I mean, that song started off with, you know, an acoustic guitar track and me demoing it emotionally, you know, when I had just written it. And then that was it, walking away. And he came up with all of the other arrangements and instruments and he played all the instruments. Um, and I just, I just went in and sang and kind of got teary eyed as I listened back to what he had done with it each time I heard it and just was so happy knowing that she would have really loved that song. Wow. Um, That's an amazing song. Actually. I, I really like that one. I, I was excited to see you. that you were releasing stuff. I was like, Oh, she's got some new things out. So are you guys going to record more songs? Are you trying to put together an album or? Well, um, I was thinking of kind of like, you know, doing the, what do you call it? Crowd funding, I guess. Mm -hmm. Going that route again and maybe trying to get um, like another EP together because I absolutely would like to, to work with them again if I have the chance. Um, and, uh, and then I thought, well, maybe I should focus on playing live. And so I'm not sure exactly uh, when I'll be recording again, um, but hopefully sooner than later. Um, and hopefully he'll have the, the time and the desire and a schedule to um, to work with me again. And uh, I've got some gigs coming up finally. I played, I played a gig in like Clarksville, Tennessee, which is like an hour and a half away, I think. Mm -hmm. And I played one in... Um, Johnson City, which is on the eastern border, so that's several hours away. But I haven't played in like Nashville proper yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I actually have my, well, I sang backup with somebody at a at a house party once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but I have my first like official time playing as a solo act in Nashville at a writers round um, coming up next week. Oh, that's great. So I'm really excited about that. And the the cool thing about that is um, I kind of booked the round and then was able to add on the other two people to mm -hmm. fill out the round, um, which is something I've never done in another city. It's like there's a, there's a writer's night and then you've got all these rounds and a round is like maybe three people. And so <clears throat> you've got your like 45 minutes or whatever to play songs and so the first person plays a song and second person third person then you mm -hmm. start again and you get to play like three songs total and then the next round comes so you might have like five or six rounds of of three in a night yeah. and so it's a really cool way to hear all original music and hear like 20 different people that 
you probably haven't met yet um and start making connections there and making yeah, friends I was gonna say, and... it sounds like a really great way to to meet people in town yeah yeah i'm really looking to start doing. forward to it uh getting close to wrapping this up but um figured i'd ask you do you have any advice for anyone that's maybe interested in pursuing music uh long term maybe as a career or something like that what would you tell them um i would tell them that there's definitely 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 um the business side to things it's called the music business for a reason <laughs> um and because you know you can have talent out the whatever um but there's so much more that comes goes into it when you're making it a career and so um i would just learn as much as possible i would read blogs i would read newsletters i would read um material that you know different music societies put out um get familiar with uh the pros the performing rights organizations like ascap and bmi and and learn what they do and um and get hooked up with one and then read their daily newsletters that they send out um get on the diy musician mailing <laughs> list from cd baby because there's important stuff out there. Read trade magazines, um, read articles about, you know, experiences from bands. I mean, there's no, that's the thing. There's no, there's, it's not even like there's no straight path to do this. There's no path to do this yeah, exactly. at all. Um, Everyone and, gets there a different way. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really, you know, especially coming from the background of, growing up and saying oh well this is the next step you're supposed to do in life and this is the next step and well what school are you going to and what's your major okay but now are you going to grad school and you know <laughs> and, and and like the path to you know the path to become a teacher is to get your degree and then get your experience and uh -huh. and whatever um there are so many different ways to do things and there are so many people trying to do it um don't expect anything and and try to make as much happen for yourself as possible and just you know be genuine with people because the most important thing in any business and especially in a creative business is people and so if you're not easy to work with and if you're like the guy who thinks he's so talented and has a chip on his shoulder like mm -hmm they're going to pass you up because they're not going to enjoy having that experience working with you, you know? Yeah. And just from all the stories you, you've told, I mean, you could, you could tell that those, those little relationships that you've built here and there have kind of come to pay off in weird and coincidental ways over the years. Yeah. I mean, like never underestimate like just the impact of being you and, and being the best version of yourself that you can and just being human with people because you know you're not you're not dealing with a robot you're dealing with a real person that's on the end of, other end of the phone or the other end of the email when you want to book a show or things like that so yeah cool so just like another little random question do you have any book that you've gifted or recommended to others more than any other oh man just one okay um What's the one you've talked about the most to other people or try to convince them to read? 
So I'll okay, I'll say I'll say um an author that I really like is yeah. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, he has different things about um putting out your intentions and and the way you look at things is you know, obviously affects the way you see them and um and so it's not it's not a music industry kind of a thing, but it's just an overall, you know, life kind of a thing that um when you go into things with good intentions and and visualizing what you want to happen and putting out those positive thoughts into the universe. Um, that's the first step in kind of getting there. Mm -hmm. Because if you come to it from a place of where like, oh, music is hard and I'll never make money, you know, <laughs> like that's what you're going to get back, you yeah. know. So, so in terms of kind of getting in the right mindset and setting your soul sort of in the right place. Um, I think any of his books would be a really great in inspiration. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up, but, uh, how can people find you online? What's the best place? So I've got Chrissy McCree.com and it's uh, spelled not traditionally like Chrissy, C R I S S I E M C C R E E.com. And, um, then I've got reverb nation. They can hear a lot of, um, almost all the the latest songs that I've uh, put out there on ReverbNation.com slash Chrissy McCree. And then, of course, Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. iTunes. They're all Chrissy McCree on those as well, right? Yep. All Chrissy McCree. iTunes, CD Baby. You're everywhere. <laughs> I'm not everywhere, but I'm in a multitude there. of places, and I hope you will find them. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you got a lot of great things going for you, and I'm really excited to kind of see where you go in the next year or two here in Nashville. Thank and, uh, you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take my own advice and not set any expectations, but at the same time, do what I can to, to take those chances when I, when I get to. And, um, yeah, so I'm excited. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. I, I'm really happy that you asked to talk to me and I, I hope I've said some things that people will appreciate. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can follow me, John Jerko, at John Jerko on Twitter and Instagram, and find out more about Odyssey and Muse, including the show notes for each episode at odysseyandmuse.com. And most importantly, go to iTunes and subscribe to rate the show. That's how the show gets noticed and grows. And thank you for listening. Until next time, follow your true north.